0: It's light the tower, your daily look around the world of sports, with Hall of Fame broadcaster and voice of the Texas Longhorns Craig Way, Say goodnight to this one. and Horns twenty four seven insider Jeff Howe, on your live, local, and independent home for sports talk in Austin, the Horn.
1: The right-hander Anderson will look back toward Campbell at second base. Now with 2-1. Swung on a ball, hit well. This one out to deep left center. Back to the warning track. You can say goodnight to it. Gilmette put it between the big video board and the hitter's backdrop near the light standard. A two-run homer to put Texas on top here in the bottom of the first. The 1-2. Swung on the ball, hit well out toward right. This with Carey, Back to the warning track. Say goodnight to it. Downtown, Porter Brown strikes again. His eighth home run of the season drives it over the right field wall, and it's 3-0, Texas. The right-hander, Drake Boggan, with a pitch, one-on ground ball, hit through the hole on the left side of base hit, Rounding third being waved to the plate is Jared Thomas. He'll score. And Dylan Campbell now 2-for-2, 26th RBI of the year, an RBI single on the left side, extends the Texas lead to 4-0 the four runs across the plate, and it's now a 7-0 Texas lead. There's a ball down the left field line off the bat of Jared Thomas. This will score two runs for sure. Porter Brown will stop at third base. Thomas, an opposite field RBI double to bring home two more runs, and it's 9-0 Longhorns. 3-2 swing and a miss, and Kobe Minchy ends his night with an exclamation point, his second strikeout as he gets Miller-Lattisaw to end the inning. As the 0-1 pitch to Gilmet is swung on, and that is through on the left side as Beese couldn't handle it. in the score from third is Kennedy stopping at second. Is Powell-Gilmette. Drives it through, and now it's 12-0, Texas. 0-1 pitch, and that's hit, and it's tailing away. That is going to fall in, and it's going to go to the wall. It got past the diving center fielder, Logan Britt. Here's Thomas. He'll hold it third with a triple. As the Longhorns get a couple more runs in, and Texas now leads it 14-0. One ball, two strikes, the count. Here's the stretch from Charlie Hurling and the one two pitch to Holden Rook. He hits it on the ground to short. Could be two. A flip to second for one. Bare handed flip, the relay to first inside. Flores to Daly, to Constantine, and the inning's over. And that was some pretty defensive baseball put on by the Loghorns. One two pitch, and that's hit on the screws out toward deep right center, and that is going to fall in for extra bases. Ballou will stop. At second base, driving in two with a double. Max Ballou drives it into the corner, and the Longhorns now lead 20 to nothing. The gap, and that is going to get beyond Ace Whitehead, and it's going to get Abilene Christian on the board, I do believe. Here's a throw back. Now O'Hara is going to relay it. Here comes the throw to the plate. The tag is there, and he's out. How about that? Wow. One ball, two strikes, two outs. This is a ground ball, and this one's gonna go back behind second, up with it, a throw to first in time to get Nielsen, and the game is over. In seven innings, the Texas Longhorns, by mutual agreement of the coaches, win this one in seven innings. Nice 6-3 ground out to end the ball game. In the seventh, no runs, no hits, and a man left. Final score in this one tonight. In seven innings, the Texas Longhorns twenty, and the Abilene Christian Wildcats nothing. You know our um, our producer Cameron Parker did an outstanding job with the edit there. If he had, and I'm thankful that he did not. If he included all the bases loaded walks and hit batters and stuff like that, we'd be uh, bringing in the montage for the next twenty minutes. So, uh, fortunately, that was not the case. What was the case was a twenty to nothing Texas win last night in 7 innings and you heard me say by mutual agreement that's the deal where it, it's not like with the big 12 rule on getaway day on Sunday when if you're up by 10 or more after 7 the ball game is over no this is one of those deals in the non-conference where one team gets up by double digits and you start to get to the middle innings and it's not looking like the margin's going to drop below double digits especially as it got to 14 to nothing and 15 to nothing and that's where there's communication between the two dugouts uh, on behalf of the two head coaches. I don't think they're the ones doing it. But there's a conversation going, hey, you want to call this after 7? Especially given the fact also it's a Wednesday night game and Abilene Christian has to get on a bus and head for the Valley. they got to go to Edinburgh. They're, they're uh, I think they were going as far as New Braunfels last night and then uh, staying there. And then they were going on to uh, UTRGV for a weekend WAC series. So. Uh, Longhorn's handled their business. They went last night. Good morning and welcome to Light the Tower here on the Horn 1049-1019-AM1260. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. My name is Craig White. Glad to have you with Jeff Howe is here and he was just here a second ago in the studio and he just disappeared. <laughs> oh okay he's coming back in did he have to take a call uh, cam parker a producer
0: yeah there's some exciting stuff brewing in the 40 acres right now yes so i is. think it may have to deal with that i i uh,
1: you know didn't know if it was that or a bathroom run you know so what that uh, wasn't never know. wasn't certain about that but uh, in any event yeah there's there's stuff going on that we'll we'll get to there's a lot to get to um basketball baseball football there's some uh, things to get to as well so um yeah, it's, uh, it's good. Meanwhile, uh, yeah, uh, Longhorns win that game last night. So they're now 27-12 and and get ready for the Oklahoma Sooners. This is going to be another one of those deals where you have a team that comes in that is better than the record shows, and it is a rivalry series. Uh, so even at first blush, and I mentioned this on the broadcast with Ty Harrington last night, when you look at the standings, and you see Texas sitting on the very top of the Big 12 standings, and Oklahoma down at the bottom. You think, okay, and it's at home. Yeah, that's a that's a must sweep, right? The the normalcy of response and reaction to that would be to say, yeah, but we know that Texas and Nor- and, and Oklahoma is not your normal uh, Big 12 conference meeting in any sport. Football or basketball or baseball or softball or or golf or tennis or track and field, whatever it might be, uh, it is that part of the rivalry as well. And I might also point out Oklahoma, they're not to desperate straights yet, but they're in enough trouble where there is a real sense of urgency for the Sooners to make sure they get on the stick to make the Big 12 Conference tournament. 'Cause remember, only the top eight teams make the tournament in a nine team baseball playing league. Of course, Iowa State didn't play baseball. So in nine of the ten teams that play baseball in the Big Twelve next year it'll be thirteen of the fourteen who play. And uh, Oklahoma's at four and eight. Uh and so uh, they're right now they're a game and a half back of Baylor and it might as well be two and a half back because they lost the tie break uh, to Baylor because they lost two out of three in Waco a couple of weeks ago. So crucial times there for Oklahoma as they come in. That's why the, it'll be a pretty intense weekend. So, uh, back in the house, uh, back in the I had to take
2: here. a phone call, sorry.
1: I didn't know if it was that or, to use your term, if you had to go pot pot. No. Nope. I didn't know if it was the one. Uh, with...
2: No, it was, uh, it was uh, potty-related activity, though, because at uh, the my house I lived in in Buda, we're yeah. renting it out and needed a. I had a crapper issue that needed to get fixed over there. Really? It yeah, has a simple fix, but you know I got to pay the bill and whatnot. So yeah, I had to step
1: out. And take okay, care of it. So all right, everything's good. So it was a pot pot issue, just not just not mine, not mine
2: per se. It's mine. Not your ad-
1: bi. It's not the biology of your body, according right, to right. as our friends at Total Men's would say. We'll
2: call that a uh, uh, dudu adjacent issue, if you will. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know what's so- going on in my rental property, but.
1: Uh Toilet's fixed. So. Someone on the uh, specs text line said wanted to possibly see Cameron O'Bannon uh late in the game because of the blowout. Unfortunately, I understand the circumstances. Yeah, if 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 the game had gone beyond seven innings, you would have seen Cam O'Bannon out there. Uh because virtually everybody else practically got out there, just about, other than some pitchers. It's kind of like in the Major League Baseball All-Star game where they get everybody in, but not all pitchers get in into the game, and especially in the case of last night because it was the run rule thing uh, that the coaches agreed upon there uh, once it all got out of hand. So uh, that's that's why. But to see Kate O'Hara out there and make a nice relay to the plate, by yeah. the way. Cam Constantine picked up his second hit ever as a collegian and as a Texas Longhorn uh to to see basically the entire infield swapped out and the entire the, the uh only remaining guy that was in there was Ryland Galvon and the only reason he stayed out there was because basically they were out of catchers because Garrett Gilmet had DH'd now mm-hmm. he got lifted uh for Preston Hofford who could have gone in behind the plate if they needed to do that. But clearly they weren't going to need to do that on that. So anyway, there's uh, some baseball stuff. Uh, Somebody asked me, how long have I been at ARN? January of 17, so a little over six years. Uh, Or or, uh, I guess February. February 1st of 2017 uh, was, was my, what does they say? Start date of employment. Yeah, Yeah, start date was February 1st of of 2017. So just past uh, the six-year mark uh, pretty recently there.
2: I had a a conversation uh, a couple of years ago with somebody that was trying to tell me at 24-7 that I needed to take all of my vacation that I had available. And I was like, well, you realize my start date goes back to when I started with 24-7 pre-CBS acquisition. And I was here day one. So my accrued time starts August 5th, August one of twenty ten. So if you want me to take all the vacation time I have available, I'll see you at Christmas.
1: <laughs> that, so all of that got to flip yeah. over, to I was carry like, so, over.
2: I was like, I'll, I'll take, I'll take my week and a half, and we'll, I'll see you in about ten days. Okay. <laughs> take all your vacation you have available. Well, how about no? How about I don't? Don't want to. <laughs> okay, that's that's good. There. Of it, it just reminded me of start dates and end dates. But uh, no, good uh, good morning on the forty. Uh, you know, we're a week away from the draft, which that's that's the bulk of what I want to talk about in the Longhorn Notebook because okay. there was an ESPN uh, article, uh, ESPN dot com article on Bijan this morning, and I just want to get into Bijan and look okay. at where he's projected to go because we don't. I'm not in tomorrow, and we don't talk a ton of draft as it is, right? So. Figured today would be a good day to do that. Now, obviously, we'll get into the Max Aasmus visit. Talk a little Texas basketball portal. Uh, nothing really brewing in the football portal, Craig, because Texas right now they're at 85, so they'd have to lose somebody to add somebody.
1: Yeah,
2: and you can't go over 85. You when when you got right. your full complement, you cannot be over 85 at any point in time. At any point, yeah, no matter so, what. Uh, they got to lose lose one to add one, and I don't. I mean, I'm sure they're going to lose somebody. I just can't tell you for sure who it is yeah uh and I think one one thing I will say though I keep, keep this in mind about grad transfers if you're a grad transfer you can enter the portal whenever there's no restrictions on when you can or can't enter the portal so you could get maybe I don't know maybe like to August mm-hmm. and if you decide well you know I'm, I've graduated or I'm graduating in a semester but I don't like where I'm on the depth chart eh, I'll just I'll just put my name in the portal and finish out yeah yep. you know unless it's a situation I mean this that once you enter the portal I think this is kind of the gift and the curse of the portal for players. The school has the option on whether to continue your financial aid or not. At that That's point. correct. Like, I believe Bear Alexander, when he went in from Georgia, it showed that his financial aid had been canceled. Oh, yeah. We're showing it's canceled. Yeah. So he needs a home ASAP. By the way, he's on taking an official to USC this weekend. I don't think that should surprise anybody. But Right. Right, So a uh, long way to say nothing going on really. The football portal, basketball portal, we'll get to it and then talk some bees on next segment. Uh,
1: well, uh, toward that end, on the specs text line, somebody said, uh, Jeff, you teased this man. Breaking news that he's on campus. I was hoping that he committed. I'm definitely more anxious about this basketball squad than I should be. Clearly, and and for those who didn't hear when uh, Jeff was on, on the program that preceded ours, B and E was talking about Max Amos, the, um, Oral Roberts University. Point guard in the portal and on campus to visit the University of Texas. Dinner with the team last time. at the ball game last night. Uh, there's Rodney Terry throughout the first pitch.
2: What a first pitch it
1: was! I, I love the the um, shot that got tweeted out uh, by Texas baseball. I mean, it it was completely through the follow through. Yeah. Leg kick swung around. I mean, it looked. It looked almost like you know nineteen sixty ish.
2: A little, yeah. little little birdie told me RT spent some time this week working on that. Yeah, okay. Wanted to make sure he put his best foot forward. So. Good point.
1: That's a good idea. A, RT always prepared. So uh, that's good. Uh, but I mean, that's the news where it is right now is that he's on campus and yeah. that he is visiting. Yeah. And there is probably a good feeling uh, as he was here for the ball game last night, and um, they, they, they probably have a good feeling about the poss- the prospect of him. Ultimately, deciding to transfer to Texas.
2: I think the big thing for Texas in this one, I think, where at least when I started hearing that things were on that on the Texas side starting to feel good, when he left Manhattan, still not committed anywhere after, yep. after his official to K State, because both those schools are offering pretty much the same deal. Like K State, you look at Jerome Tang's roster; he's having to do the same thing, second year in yep. a row, basically do it from scratch all over again. You know, with Texas, where Texas loses Jabari Rice and Marcus Carr, K State's losing Marquise Noel. So you you have immediate playing time for a guard of Max Aces' caliber. Craig, am I you watch enough college basketball? Am I out of line when I say if you put Max Aces in the Big Twelve, he's he immediately comes into this league and is you know consider under consideration for Big Twelve Player of the Year honors candidate type guy from day one.
1: Well, I I think he definitely has all the tools, the experience, uh, the the game to be that kind of thing. Uh, the uh, the only thing I'm, I'm sure that folks always w- would be quick to remind us of is about all of the excitement and uh, the hype surrounding Tyrese Hunter when he first landed here, and it took a while for Tyrese to ramp into the deal. But I'm in complete agreement with you on what his game is and what his game can do uh, for uh, the University of Texas. Absolutely. Yeah. It has that kind of skill set, has that kind of uh, moxie, the 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 headiness, uh, and uh, and and the experience.
2: You give me a guy that averages for his career is a twenty one point per game scorer, <laughs> proven experience in the NCAA tournament, career thirty nine percent shooter from three, averages almost three and a half rebounds a game for his career. So that means he tells you from the guard position he can rebound it fairly well, uh, and then over three assists per game. So between he and if you get Tyrese Hunter back, that's you're in the running to have the best guard tandem in the Big Twelve.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree with you on all of I that.
2: I would think. I mean, I would think U of H would have some consideration for that. Well, you know, adding L J Crier. Yep. And you know, Texas hosted Jaden Nunn from VCU last week, and He's committed to Baylor. And we talk about Baylor. Jacoby Walters, a true freshman, and, and Jaden Nunn, That's a pretty good backcourt. So yeah. It's 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 crazy, Craig, how this league. You know, so much roster turnover, yet the better teams in his league just reload and get after it the following year. Yeah, so.
1: yeah, absolutely. Uh, on the Specs text line at 337 3776 3776 our man CB says RT's first pitch was certainly better than that of Travis Kelsey, if you've seen the Travis Kelsey first pitch.
2: Or Carl Lewis or Decent. yeah. Jason, yeah. Uh, yeah. That yeah. he was it wasn't real good. Carl Lewis's might be the worst because I would expect one of the greatest athletes of our time to look more athletic than he did throwing that first pitch.
1: Exceeded only by his singing of the national anthem.
2: Well, I'll give him a pass on that because, I mean. That was horrible. That was, was awful. I mean. <laughs> If you, if you you go back and look at that, like Derek Coleman's like laughing, trying to yeah. hold, try, he's trying to hold it back, and then he can't at some point. Like oh it was,
1: gosh, that was all. That brutal. Uh, uh, Purple Buffalo's daddy weighing in. Jeff morning said, "My fellow Gerald residency, Kobe Minchie looked good." He said, "Go Cougs." He did say residency, He didn't say anything about graduate. Good
2: because Kobe Minchie and his family have enough sense about them not to put their son. Through that education system in Gerald I S D, he
1: has he's going through the University of Texas education system right now and doing quite well. Uh, and it was a a designated start. Went three innings and guys went had a little bit of trouble in the third. in that uh, we speculate about this before the top of the third started because remember the Longhorns were at bat for well in excess of twenty minutes because they scored eight in that inning and there were six walks and a hit batter from. Christian pitching uh, at that time. So it, it was a long delay, and then he had a little bit of struggle. But he worked around it and, and um, still, you know, uh, did not allow a run in the inning.
2: You know, the ebbs and flows of a college baseball season, Craig, everybody was due for a midweeker like this. Yeah. Or just like at some point you're like, all right, let's just – Speed this thing along. Let's wrap it up.
1: And I didn't, I did not, I honestly did not think that that was going to happen last night. Abilene Christian went in at 24 yeah. and 11, had an RPI like with uh, Kansas State, uh, not that far behind Texas State and some others. It, it wasn't, um, it, you know, it, they'd had some respectable performances, but uh, the pitching really struggled last night. And then the Longhorns did an excellent job defensively and also uh, what they did. So, um, yeah it was it was uh uh it it was one that got away pretty quickly there um <clears throat> anyway um somebody said the pitch was not on par with w that's president Bush's pitch encumbered by a protective vest well
2: that might be the, that might be the most impactful first pitch yeah. in the history of baseball so yeah
1: yeah um uh, a meaningful first pitch yeah uh let's see said uh don't worry guys we won't bring up cam's roster slip up yesterday
2: <laughs> I think I'm in rooster slip up but
1: yeah. yeah yeah uh uh and uh and then somebody else had uh, texted in and uh, I had originally thought I might had saved this story for an inconceivable we've got we've got plenty to get to on inconceivable uh, today including we've got more alligator activity except this time it's alligator activity. At my annual vacation spot. Oh yeah? Yeah. At a store that I frequented several times. <laughs> we'll we'll get to that. But anyway, uh the, the We had the
2: story, Cam and I did the story yesterday about a bear breaking into a car and drinking sixty nine cans of soda. <laughs> it's pounded some orange crush. There you go. We decided instead of cocaine bear that's diabetes bear, which would not make near the The blockbuster movie, The Cocaine Bear. Yeah, Elizabeth
1: Banks might not be up for that one uh, there. Uh, Statement from the Oakland A's. uh, This this doesn't surprise anybody. Uh, There's been wink, wink, nudge, nudge for some time that Oakland is going to cast a longing look toward Las Vegas and see if they could get a brand-new ballpark. And the statement that they released this morning said, quote, the A's have signed – a binding agreement to purchase land for a future ballpark in Las Vegas. We realize this is a difficult day for our Oakland fans and community. For more than 20 years, the A's have focused on securing a new home for the club, and have invested unprecedented time and resources for the past six years to build a ballpark in Oakland. Even with support from fans, leaders at the city, county, and state level, and throughout the broader community, the process to build a new ballpark in Oakland has made little forward progress for some time. Uh, we have made a strong and sincere effort to stay here. We recognize that this is very hard to to hear. We're disappointed that we have been unable to achieve our shared vision of a waterfront ballpark as we shift our focus to Vegas, we will continue to share details about next steps. No surprise there. The A's. Are so,
2: in the span towards. of a few years, Oakland has gone from hosting three big three professional sports franchises to now they'll have zero. Yeah, they lost the Raiders to Vegas. Mm-hmm. The Warriors play in San Francisco now, mm-hmm. and now the A's are leaving. Yeah, it's a I shame. Mean,
1: if you wanted to be cheeky. You could say, and John and the Bacon weigh in on this, but uh, in, in and uh, in fact, he just did. He said the A's are finally leaving of Oakland. Of course, they still may have to play three more seasons in that god awful stadium. Uh, my point was going to be the cheeky might say, "Have you been in Oakland lately?" Um, you know, I heard it described one time as Newark on the Bay. Uh, the, the the way that the way that it is, and and so of course Newark has an NHL team. Well, it's uh, yeah, the center is Yeah, that's where the Devils
2: play. You know, uh, when we went on that Cal trip a couple of years ago, yep. I, I stayed in Oakland, and it just didn't didn't do a whole lot for me.
1: I have been a person who has never really. Here is somebody who said I was in Oakland last October, and the city of Oakland is rough looking. Yeah.
2: It was a little more uh, industrial, I guess, might be. I don't know if that's the right word than I was expecting. Yeah.
1: Let me say this. This will take it back to uh, uh, 2015, uh, the year that when Karen Aston was coaching the Texas women's team, they made their first Sweet 16 run under. So in order to do that, they didn't win two games in Cal. They beat Western Kentucky in the first round, and then they beat Cal – the four seed in Texas is a five seed. They beat him in the second round there at Haas Pavilion. Um, on the off day in between the two games, the first round and the second round game, uh, I asked somebody where I could uh, if there was a nearby coffee shop. I asked the hotel, and they said there's a Starbucks right around the corner. If you go down and take a left and blah blah blah. Well, they gave me the wrong direction or I went out of the hotel the wrong way, but mm-hmm. I turned the wrong direction. All of a sudden, I'm walking, I'm walking, and all of a sudden I look around I thought, I really don't want to be in this part of town. This is uh, this is not good. I felt a little uneasy and was able to kind of wriggle my way back out of it. So it was, it's was. it been tough. And and as John in the Bay points out, as a Bay Area resident, the A's never really wanted to be here, and the city never wanted to pay the bill. It was a 20-year dance uh, that they did, you know, and Charlie Finley moved him there in 1968 from Kansas yep. City. Um, Kansas City is a great sports town and a great baseball town, uh, but he wouldn't put any money in the club to make him a winner, and so the folks uh, got really disenchanted then, so he winds up moving. And then, of course, Major League Baseball turned right around and granted an expansion chi- franchise to Kansas City, and the Royals have done fine there ever since. But, yeah, it's it's been a rough go there in Oakland, even when they were winning the the 3 P of the World Championship, 72 through 74, uh, they struggled at times with attendance and certainly over the years. And then, of course, lately as the team has been non-competitive, as it has been gutted uh, there. uh, As tends to
2: happen with the swinging A's.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So they were the Philadelphia A's uh, under uh, the direction and later ownership with Connie Mack starting um, in the – late 1800s, early 1900s, all the way up to 1954. And uh, then they moved to Kansas City, and they were there, I guess, from 55 through 67, and then and then to Oakland. But now it looks like they're going to be headed for Las Vegas. And uh, somebody else said, I remember my wife's from Oakland. Problems there forever. Nice hotels by Jack London Square, but no real advancement. Always fits and starts as they get terrible support they should the a's get terrible support they should leave so anyway uh somebody said Oakland's more of a big neighborhood than a city that's that's one good place. <laughs> said the Newark airport is ugly yes it is. i've <laughs> been to the newark international airport i've never airport. been to newark oh you're missing out only on east coast only
2: east coast airport i've been to is laguardia that's in that part of the country yeah yeah okay all right <laughs> yeah i'll take y'all's word for it oh
0: yeah yeah you take a word i still can get over the possum story in the oakland a's yeah
1: visiting visiting, radio visiting radio booth the uh, possum that's made a home in there and so they've had to move visiting radio broadcast into another area right
0: yeah because apparently i believe the angels were in there earlier either this season or last season and during the game they look over and there's a a possum crawling out of the woodworks yeah yeah any Uh, any live animals in, in your broadcasting days you've seen in the booth craig uh lots of roaches and bugs in yeah.
1: different places yeah.
2: squirrels <laughs> raccoons something like that
1: not in the booth not 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 in the booth and as robert and getting says well i reckon they can leave the possum alone yeah
2: wasn't there a raccoon at dish Falk a few years ago am i remembering yeah. that right there was a possum was a possum
1: yeah might have been a raccoon too but i know there was a possum Man, well, running re- along the outfield i wall. seem
2: to remember an incident involving a raccoon maybe i'm just misremembering
1: that uh May have been. I know there was a possum. Uh, I remember that. So yeah, animals like stadiums. You well, know, they're they can... spacious. A lot yeah, of spa-
2: a lot of room to roam. A lot, lot of, a lot of hiding, places to but... hide. Yes,
1: and you can find you some food stuff. Exactly. Yeah. They like. They like. I'll tell you what. I've seen no end. I've seen rats uh, in Oklahoma City at the Bricktown Ballpark.
2: Plenty of places to yeah. do your business, if yep. you will. I mean, yep. That's... It's like it's like heaven for wild game.
1: Yeah, I thought you were going to say Gerald
2: for a minute. I to well, remember. I mean that is the toilet of Texas. It's so. not
1: the toilet of Texas. And, and by the way, I'm, I meant to do this yesterday. I, I was going to send this to you, and I didn't do this, and I should have. Um, but I, I, I did not send this to you. And uh, it, it, as folks know, I was out yesterday, and I um, went. To um, uh, I, I uh, took the opportunity. I was up in Waco, and uh, I went to uh, up to Waco to moderate a panel discussion with all the fame coaches. By the way, Tim Buchanan at Aledo said to tell you hi. He's got some Florence, Texas background.
2: Yes, there, right? Buck, good people.
1: Um, and uh, I, I thought I'd taken a picture of this. Maybe I didn't. Uh, but there was uh, – I – I needed to grab a cup of coffee when I left the house. Tell them,
2: tell me you stopped in Gerald.
1: I stopped at the McDonald's in Gerald, and and are uh, you okay? I'm fine. Have you,
2: were you vaccinated I'm, afterwards? Oh no, no, it went
0: just fine. Okay. And I've I made many a stops at the Gerald, the little gas station yeah. on the right side. It's a nice, it's a nice. I want to make sure, mark. just
2: get, make sure you get your shots before you roam through that part of uh, Williamson County. Uh, Jeff conveniently glosses
1: over the buildup the the uh the the business build up that mm-hmm. has taken place in Gerald that has outpaced your hometown
2: that ain't that's not true Gerald people though that are building that stuff it's outsiders but it's still for the community well, there, and you still have
1: that there's a nice dairy
2: queen there but you still got to get the uh you know the people that were born and raised in Gerald to understand about the fancy eating places and things like indoor plumbing and how to wash your hands oh and sanitary conditions and
1: so he said, "Come on, Jeff. The toilet of Texas is Houston. Gerald is just a urinal." Uh, all right,
2: I, I see that coming from a DFW area code.
1: Somebody said, "If if Jeff keeps talking about Gerald like that, they're going to build another loop
2: around Florence." <laughs>
1: uh, uh, Whatever
2: yeah. keeps the Gerald riff raff out, I'm all for.
1: Oh gosh. Uh, hey, somebody said, "Hey, we have New York City sized rats at the ballpark in Oklahoma City. I've seen them." They I've seen them. I have seen them. I have.
2: Uh, of course, rodents can occupy spaces in Gerald. We have the rat pee gym as a perfect example of how rats or vermin can occupy a building.
1: Somebody said, Canyon Lake is my Gerald. It's horrible. <laughs> See, everybody has said, you know, as my dad so eloquently put it many years ago, every man has his own sack of rocks to tote. So and, and meaning your your own burdens, your own responsibilities, your own guilt, your own pleasures, uh, and your own preferences and and uh, and aggravation.
2: It's not well. my fault. Everybody that lives in Gerald is somewhere along in their family tree. Someone made a horrible decision to settle there. So that's not my fault. Don't blame that on me. People are still settling there and are continuing to settle there, and it's growing. And it's unfortunate. <laughs> right. Coming, you got down. outsiders mixing with the locals, and it's just it's a. It's a melting pot uh, that's got some very unusual ingredients to it.
1: This is a uh, this is a definite dead end discussion. All right, we're
2: when we come back, we're <laughs> y'all want me to talk about Kevin Garnett and Tim Duncan again? There we go. Stay on Gerald.
1: There we go. All right, uh, we're going to uh, transition into the Longhorn Notebook. We'll do that when we come back here on Light the Tower of the Horn one zero four nine one zero one nine AM twelve sixty. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app at hornfm.com.
0: Light the Tower.
1: We're just jamming along here on a uh, Thursday on we'll Light the Tower on the Horn. Jeff will be out uh, tomorrow. Appreciate Jeff and Cam holding things down yesterday when I was out. Um, Gene Watson will be with us for our weekly visit tomorrow on the program. Talk Major League Baseball, the Assistant General Manager of the Kansas City Royals. Uh, get his thoughts on that Max Scherzer thing and the stickiness, the substance. The glove and the hand, the umpire said it was so prolific that his fingers were sticking together <laughs> when Scherzer was saying, no, 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 it's just rising. That's all it is. Uh, and, uh, and this announcement about the A's planning to move to Vegas, so we'll, uh, we'll talk to Major League Baseball and the, those Texas Rangers who have been playing really well. So uh, we'll uh, visit with him tomorrow on the program. Right now, it's time for a Longhorn Notebook. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook which direction are we Yeah,
2: in we're talking NFL draft. Yeah. And uh there's an ESPN.com story today on on Bijon, And I won't get into it, but there was one there was one line in there that kind of just jumped out at me and it was something along the lines of he's a generational back for the wrong generation. And I think it that <laughs> depends on how you look at it. Wrong in terms of how the NFL values the running back position? Yeah. Because if this was 15 years ago, Bijan would be in the mix for the number one overall pick because running backs just were valued differently at that point. But in terms of how he fits in today's NFL, he's the perfect fit at running back for today's NFL. When you look at all the ways he can impact the football game, he can fit into any scheme, whether you're zone schemes, gap schemes, whatever predominant scheme you like to feature on the ground, he can do that. We've seen him be a pass blocker. We've seen him catch the ball out of the backfield. We've seen him line up at various wide receiver positions. He can line up out wide. You could put him in the slot. He's going to walk in day one and be in the, discuss- the discussion to have the best hands on your team. So in terms of the modern-day NFL running back, absolutely, 100%, he fits in with this generation and, and what you need to do to succeed in today's NFL. What's interesting is you look at his draft projections, and I'm looking at the late two mocks from CBS Sports. One was put out yesterday. By Ryan Wilson, and one was published today by Chris Trapasso. The Ryan Wilson mock draft has Bijan going where I think a lot of people have mocked him, twenty-seven to the Bills. Yeah, which then that brings in the Cowboys discussion, and we can certainly go down that road if you gentlemen want to. But Chris Trapasso released a mock draft today, guys, that has Bijan Robinson going eighth overall to the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. And the the basis of that ESPN article, a lot of it it revolves around the Philadelphia Eagles. Mm-hmm. So if you look at the Eagles, they got two picks in the first round; they've got number thirty and number ten. And you know the Eagles is it fair to say, Craig, running back is probably the one position that they really need to address? Yeah,
1: that's a, that's a neat area. Uh huh. Even for a defending NFC
2: champion. Uh huh. If, if if you're the Eagles and you look at your needs, you look at your roster, and you're one piece away, you're legitimately one piece away from getting over the top and winning a world championship, that's when I think it's okay to take a running back really high in the first round. Because regardless of that money you're going to pay Bijan, and I think you've got to look at the, the whole body of work with Bijan too, the character and everything you're going to get from him. It's not like he's, he's a guy, he doesn't strike me as a guy, that's going to get like 2 years into this deal and then want to renegotiate. Like he, he's going to be paid fairly according to the rookie wage scale and play out that rookie contract. Well, if you're the Eagles and you exercise let's say you exercise the option, chances are you're going to get the five best years of Bijan Robinson's career mm-hmm. most likely. So, if you're one and my thing is when you're the Eagles it, it rem- all I kept thinking about as I was reading the story and it was centered around the Eagles. And everybody knows how much I hate the Eagles, so it kind of pains me to, to project <laughs> to talk about Bijan and the Eagles in the slide. I kept thinking about the Bill Parcells line from that old NFL Films video, like, hey, this is why you lift all the yeah, weights. This is why yeah. you do all that stuff. This is why you acquire all that draft capital. This is why you make all those trades, is to put yourself in a position to make a move like this. And if if running back is the one position that they really need to address, and and be, you think Bijan is the piece that puts you over the top, then take him at 10. Because guess what? He's not gonna be there at 30, nope. and it's gonna cost you way more draft capital to move up to go get him in the late teens or early twenties, where you would need to move up to go get him. Because I guarantee you, like when you look at realistic places where he can start coming off the board, and for me, like again, the Chargers at twenty one is the place where I I've kind of looked at is the point where you can start to maybe see him coming off the board. I think maybe even maybe even Detroit at eighteen. If, the, if it's the Eagles specifically and you're trying to move back up, I think the Bills are in the same boat too because I think you can argue that the Bills are a dynamic running back away from getting over the top yep. and winning a Super Bowl or at least getting there and, and you know take your chances when you get there. If they're trying to move up, if I'm Detroit or Seattle, Tampa at 19, Seattle at 20, Chargers at 21, and I've got Buffalo or the Eagles trying to move up to my spot, I know who they're moving up to get, and yeah, I'm going to milk all the draft capital I can out of that. Like, yeah, give me, a, give me your one. Give me, give me 30 or give me 27. Give me your three this year and the two next year, and you can move up and have this. And but, there's a team going to be willing to do that because that's a lot of draft capital to give up. So,
1: and, and basically, just to reiterate for hopeful or long suffering Dallas Cowboys fans, Short of making a trade to move well up in the pecking order, you're not going to get Bijan Robinson. All all of that stuff that we saw for a while, ah, it might be there. At, you know,
2: at 26, all that that, that kind of stuff. no. I think I've, I've heard a lot of Cowboys draft people have the discussion about Bijan. Yeah, and I'm thinking I, I think this is all moot. I yeah. think you guys are wasting breath because I don't think. Look, if he's there at 26. As a Cowboys fan, that's the scenario where I would not have a problem with them taking B. John Robinson because they Mm -hmm. do have some other needs. You're right. Tight end is a need. Yep. You need to start to rebuild that offensive line. You've got other needs. But if you haven't made any moves and you just let the board fall to you and he's there at 26?
1: Yeah, obviously. I'd take him in a heartbeat. but he's not going to be there. He is not going to be there at 26.
2: We've seen we've seen stranger things happen. I don't I don't think so either, Craig.
1: But we've seen stranger. Normally, things happen. when you see something like that happen, when there's been that precipitous a drop, it's because they've discovered something about the prospect, something or, internal, something something away from the field, and everybody knows you know what this guy is made of. Not only as a football player, but as a human being.
2: I, I'll disagree with you on, on. I think that's almost a case by case basis because, like, you go back to Aaron Rodgers, right? Once he fell, I think – I forget the exact order of that draft. Once he fell, I think it was Cleveland at five. Once he got past there, maybe it was Cleveland or Tampa at five. Once he got past there, you didn't really get to anybody before Green Bay that needed a quarterback. Everybody either had high-priced quarterbacks, they had young young quarterbacks on on rookie deals, Mm -hmm. or they had a situation where they just signed a veteran because you had a head coach who might be coaching for his job the following year. And didn't need to take a rookie credit, or you had an entrenched starter and with before the rookie wage scale, it wouldn't make any sense to to spend a first round contract on a
1: quarterback. I totally agree with all of that. Here here's where I would say that differs. I think quarterback is the one position that's the outlier about that because, okay. because folks are and we're seeing it happen again. Folks are consistently draft people, analysts, and media but mainly draft people are looking for what's wrong at this point in the deal that whole business with brady quinn and uh what w- what he was saying about cj stroud is ridiculous if you have followed that lately ryan clark just lightsabered brady quinn <laughs> for what he was saying about cj stroud for quote unquote standing up the mannings you know, stiffing the mannings not showing up from there when he when he let him know he was not going to be coming uh, there. It, it, that's that's somebody fishing for something yeah. at that point. And I think that that sort of fishing happens with quarterbacks far more than I agree any other position. Yeah,
2: I agree with you 100%. But, um, but you know, with Bijan, I mean, I don't – there's not really a position group either, Craig, that you look at and say, okay, there's going to be a run on on this certain position where teams feel the need to move up. I think this is a pretty deep draft where – if you're Dallas or Buffalo, Cincinnati 28, the Saints at 29. I think you can hang back and get the guy. I agree. Get somebody that's pretty high up on your board. So I don't. I'm with I'm with you in terms of I don't think Bijan drops to 26 because I don't see there being that much. Vo- and I, look, we could see it totally change. I don't get the vibe that there's going to be a ton of volatility in this draft. Maybe I'm reading it wrong. I just don't see this being one of those drafts where you see just a ton of movement in the first round.
1: No, I I, I agree with you there. And, and folks can, to your point, fill their need areas or at least address some of the need areas without having to make a gigantic move up or down. The ones who have made the moves clearly are doing it, like Carolina, with one guy in mind. And so yeah. with that, that being the case... You understand that, but but I think every I think everybody else is is just gonna wait and see best available guy on the board as it falls to them.
2: I don't think it's it's the I don't think it's the running back production that has people nervous about taking him back in the first round. I think there's two things that really compound things for Bijan. One is I think you look at the character issues Zeke Elliott had early in his career, where there were people telling the yeah. Cowboys, "Yeah, he, he's talented enough to go this high." You, you probably want to think really hard before you take this guy
1: yep, this high. That's correct. And
2: the Cowboys found that out when he had that long suspension that probably cost him a playoff spot and then wanted to renegotiate the contract, and then you got into that contract from hell that you just now were able to get out from under. And then if Saquon Barkley doesn't have an injury, because I think we've seen him pre-injury and post-injury, Saquon Barkley's pretty damn good. Yep. So I think if you not had those two instances, I mean Christian McCaffrey was a high pick and the 49ers gave up stuff to go get him. Craig, you watch probably more NFC West football than anybody I know. I think that ended up being a pretty good fit, Christian McCaffrey with the Niners. Yep, yep. So Bijan, without question, is talented enough to go in the first round. But if I'm the Eagles, if I'm their front office, I I think really hard about taking him at 10 because I think it's going to cost you way too much to move up from 30, 10 or so spots you would need to move up to go get him. I just take him at 10 and say he's good enough and we feel like this is the piece that puts us over the top to help us win a Super Bowl.
1: That I agree with, no doubt about it. All right. Uh, coming up next, uh, we'll have inconceivable. It, Jeff's going to like this one because there's a good animal compliment in this. Uh, Is it but,
2: animal doing people type things?
1: Uh, there's there's one thing that's that's.
2: Because I had a blast with bears drinking soda yesterday.
1: Yeah, uh, it, it's almost like that. And there's there's another wrinkle into that we're going to get to as well. Uh, coming Cam up. and
2: I had fun with that yesterday. You, a bear like getting Orange Crush and just popping the top. And he's got his little comic book just kind of sitting so popped was was up against the car. Was it,
1: was it just a generic Orange Soda or was it an actual Orange Crush?
2: I, 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 the story said Orange Crush specifically. Because that's my all time favorite software. Yeah. Orange Crush it, specifically. It, yeah. But apparently the bear uh, left the scene when he they found a couple of cans of diet soda open. Yeah. And apparently that's when he'd had enough. Yeah. It was on the diet soda.
1: It was like, not, not for me. <laughs> See, bear and I are thinking on the scene.
2: Who, who do you know that's a huge diet Coke drinker? Is it Shoning that's a huge diet Coke And drinker? Roger Wallace. Roger is too. Okay. I thought mm. Roger was Coke Zero for some reason. But.
1: Uh, if that is all that's available.
2: Well, Roger's a big diet Coke guy.
1: That's, He's a diet Coke P one. So he, he is. He and Shoning both. They're both. Big. They'll. They'll. they'll
2: it's Bill. Just crush them during a the broadcast. Yep.
1: Or? Yep. Roger too. Really. Yep. Mm-hmm. If if it's available. Okay. If it's available. Now. Uh-huh. But it, but Shoning would just slam them down. I'm like, <laughs> you throw all that carmination and that syrup on your vocal cords and you would do that, but you undaunted. Would go forward, you know. He was, he's, yeah.
2: he's been doing it at that level that long for a yeah, reason.
1: Yeah, for a reason, absolutely. All right, uh, we'll continue to light the Tower on the Horn, 104.9, 1019, AM 1260. We're live local and digital on the Horn app and dot hornfm.com.
2: Inconceivable. 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 You keep using the horn.
0: I don't think it means what you think it means.
1: Yeah,
2: well, we've Shout got a few of Shout out to offers. the purple cups in the break room, by the way. Yeah. Still going hard. Official colors of... You know, Florence. Yeah, ours is a little darker purple than that. This is more like a K-State purple. Yeah, it is. It's it's almost lavender.
1: Mm-hmm. It's, it, it is. Kind oh, of, the
2: Florence purple is more like a TCU purple. It's a darker, darker yeah. shade.
1: Okay. Um, I got several things to get to. Several of them. First of all is a submission from my wife who wanted specifically you to see this. This was on Instagram. You still have a rabbit, right? Yeah. How's the rabbit doing?
2: I may post a, may post an Instagram yeah. video of my daughter walking the rabbit with a harness and leash the other day in the yard. Okay. So here's
1: the next step for for Charlotte. Since she's already got what's your rabbit's name? Parsley. Parsley. On a leash and walking. How about the rabbit jumping? Obstacles. <laughs> that's somebody on Instagram there just walking around the rabbits, jumping obstacles. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just, just jumping all kinds of things. <laughs> so that's the next step. Uh, Good to know. Yeah. So, uh, so there's that. Uh, that's important. Uh, secondly, and um, this is something my brother sent to me because this went straight to, um, uh, my situation uh, of going where I go on vacation every year. And folks know I go to the coast of North Carolina and I'm planning to go again this summer. Well, uh, the headline read Police remove six-foot alligator from a store entrance. On the North Carolina coast.
2: Now, what are the, do you know off the top of your head what the laws are on killing alligators in the state of North Carolina? Can't do it. Okay.
1: Can't do it. And They're
2: a protected species?
1: Yes. Okay. Uh, and they're all over the place. You play golf at many of the hundred-some-odd golf courses up and down the Grand Strand area. They're out there. There's even little signs that, you know. Beware of gators. Beware of gators. You know, they usually just hang out by the pond. They kind of keep to themselves. Hey,
2: we, we, Cam and I, I we talked about this. It's kind of like a uh, snake sign around here. Yeah, okay, just be advised. Nowhere where to go. Yeah, you are. they're in
1: the neighborhood. This happened in Sunset Beach, North Carolina, where I go on vacation. Uh, police officers at the North Carolina coast had to move a six-foot alligator away from the front door of a business. The complaint came on Friday afternoon about an alligator at the entrance of Coastal Outfitters, located on the mainland at Sunset Beach. It, uh, Lynn and I shop there. Maybe he needed Coastal
2: maybe he needed some board shorts.
1: You can get them there. <laughs> And you can get the the, the flip-flops, nice, flops, nice and you pair get of sunglasses, beach chairs, and he's just hanging out down there. I mean, that's where it's a nice one of the,
2: flowered shirt. You've been
1: you've been to Galveston many times. You've seen Wings restoring <laughs> yeah. Okay. Wings started on the North Carolina coast, uh mm-hmm. there in the Myrtle Beach area as what was originally Kings and then Wings. Uh so that's where it is. So they have a Wings in Galveston and and that's what that kind of is. That's what, okay. it's, it's a beach store like that.
2: So he just and it's to a go, newer he, one. Want to get him a straw hat and some sunglasses. And, and Just hang. Just make sure he was protected from the sun.
1: Said when officers arrived, the alligator was concealing himself under several <laughs> display chairs where the customers enter and exit. The business said, <laughs> somebody going, let me see how this chair fits. It sits down, and he's under the chair. Uh, so, uh, yeah, they had to get him out from under there.
2: Six-foot gator sounds like nothing to be trifled with. Here's,
1: remember we were talking about jobs, dirty jobs, good jobs, the mi- micro jobs? Yeah. One of the officers, Lee Hall, is licensed with the North Carolina Wildlife Resources Commission and is trained and certified. To remove nuisance alligators.
2: Here's my question: How about
1: that for a job?
2: So, like Texas game wardens, do they do all game wardens have to be able to? Because we have alligators in Texas. Yes, we do. do. They have to be trained on how to do that specifically, or, or like, yeah. is that across the board? Like game wardens have to be able to do that.
1: Well, this dude is licensed, and trained, and certified
2: to remove nuisance alligators. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, do, do do the game or does the game warden have to call somebody? Do you have to call the? get bring in the,
1: we got we got to bring in an expert get the
2: crocodile dundee line and call the gator expert once
1: well, this hall another officers managed to grab the gator they put him in the back of a pickup truck and they drove him off can you imagine that dude flopping around in the back of your truck if i put it in the back of my truck from leak johnson ford i'd i'd be a little bit concerned said out of concern I mean, for just the, the nail his nails might scratch the bed yeah. Like yeah out of concern for the safety of the business owners customers and the alligator was safely relocated to a nearby pond in Sunset Beach. Since says it's a relatively new building. I can tell you how new it is. It's it's not even quite four years old. Um, the, the first time Linda went to the beach with me in 2019, the store had just opened. She went, oh, I want to go in there. And I was like, okay. So we went in there. It's the first time we went in. So the store's not even four years old. That's why it said relatively new. There's mm-hmm. a lot of older shops there. Police reminded people that if they spot an alligator potentially endangering people, to call the Sunset Police Department uh, there. So... They're all around the area. When that, when um, I was telling Linda about this, she goes, "Well, they just let him go in a pond." I'm like, "Well, yeah, they're protected, so they just go." There's lots of ponds and little inland areas, and they, like I yeah. said, they largely keep to themselves.
2: So, at the risk of offending truck guys, Craig, you're a truck guy. You got the truck yeah. with Johnson Ford.
1: By the I, way, I saw a record number of trucks in one parking lot yesterday at that speaking uh, engagement. With a bunch r- of coaches, who'd have thought? Uh, and and insurance agents. Okay,
2: um, I've never understood why you buy a truck, and I've, and the people that get really worried that like the truck bed's going to get scratched. Like, what's the point of owning a truck? You get a truck to in theory, because it makes stuff easier to move. You have to use stuff lo- that yeah. will,
1: ergo, scratch the bed.
2: Yeah, I've never understood why I've been yeah. around some people that get so offended when the truck, like, don't scratch the bed. I'm like, yeah. I'm moving a couch. You think I care about your truck bed right now? Yeah, I'm more worried about my back and knees than your truck bed. Alright, i got one
1: more animal story for you. Uh, let me ask our producer, Cameron Parker, a question first. Cam, um, you're you're a little bit of a video gamer, aren't you? You're a gamer, aren't you? Used to be hardcore. Okay. Now, less and less. Some Tiger, Tiger Woods Golf? Oh, yeah. Uh, do you have or did you have at any point a Nintendo Switch?
0: No. Okay. I was I was strictly Xbox, Xbox okay. 360, Xbox
1: One. Well, Nintendo Switch now has added a game that will apparently was available in the past. This uh, This game is called Animal Shelter Simulator animal shelter simulator uh, and and what it basically is is you're um, you're running an animal shelter so uh it's it what you're trying to do is feed the dogs and um, then uh, it shows the simulator shows the uh somebody
2: cleaning up like the dog poop Shoveling poop yeah yeah poop scooping this is a game. It's a game. That sounds like the most boring game ever. Yeah. Why would you do that? I have to scoop dog poop in my yard for real. Like, I, why would I want to do it on a video game? Yeah.
1: I, I I. don't know. Animal Shelter Simulator and they also have a game called Road Builder Builder that's on Nintendo Switch. But this, um, this Animal Shelter game, I mean, it just shows that people like taking care of dogs
0: i wonder if it's from the same developers that make the farming simulator game
1: well linda asked me a similar question she said you know that because they also have the, there's a road builder thing and 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 that and that deal too and she asked me a very similar question about that and i said well i can get that but it says taking care of your four-legged charges and finding the best possible homes for them and i said so that's really a game Taking care of an uh, animals an animal shelter simulator
2: that playing that interests me about as much as getting a colonoscopy and at least the colonoscopy can judge my health so there's something somewhat rewarding at the end.
1: Animal shelter. Now look, I know when I had the original Nintendo, there was a game called Paperboy, and I had it. And folks would say, well, what's the point about that? All you're doing is just delivering papers. Yeah, but you could dodge obstacles and stuff. You have to dodge like, dogs yeah. and the lady with the rolling no, paper pin. No, Paperboy was
2: good back in the and, day. And
1: you got to land the paper on the board. So there's some dexterity involved yeah. but with This that. is just this is taking care of dogs, finding good homes,
2: you know? So it's, See, when I was a kid. All the olds, y'all knocked Mortal Kombat and all the fun games we were playing, and now this is what we have. Well, that's what Linda said. She said, You know,
1: like when you played Galaga, I'm like, Yeah, we're wiping out aliens and saving yeah. the galaxy. She
2: said, Well, you know, this is. The games have changed. I said, Clearly, they have. Trying to defeat Goro, like, yeah. save the world. Absolutely. And Shang Tsung taking it over. Yeah. Instead, Her here. stuff. Trying now to make... I scoop dog crap. Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: So. Just you
2: scorpion, you hit that toasty move where you burn people. Hold yeah, your yeah. foot off.
1: Uh somebody said is the name of the game called Give Me Shelter. No, it's not. Finish him. Not named after the Rolling Stones song. So yeah, there there it is. All right. <laughs> Hour number two of Light the Tower coming up on the horn.